viewer discretion advised. I guess I'm going to do this one simply because I'm not in a place to talk about my past because right now our black lives, brown lives are fighting for their lives and it's hard for me to talk about my past and how it made me who I am while my brothers or my sisters are continuously fighting for their lives. So I released this one about my brother, although he wasn't, although his death was black on black. That is minimal to me compared to our rights to be humans. There are white on white crimes. There are brown on brown crimes. There are Latino against Latino crimes. So why would we want justice? It is always thrown in our face, black on black. Yes, that is something that needs to be dealt with. But there are also crimes. There's molestation. There, there is other crimes. There are statutory rape. There is pedophiles. There are so many other crimes that need to be focused on. And I agree. However, if we can't walk down the street or be arrested for any crime that we've committed and still live, how do we justify because you committed a crime, you should die? Then what about the rapist, the molestation, and all of those other crimes? Should they die? Or do they get their just time in the court system to be able to prove they are guilty or not guilty? That's what we're asking for. We shouldn't have to die before we even get a chance to voice whether we're guilty or not. So do not talk to me about this person or that person was a criminal or they need to respect the police and not be combative in order to be arrested because I see people of pale skin and other nations that nationalities that get arrested without dying so I'm I I, I can't really talk about this movement without the passion and I'm trying not to be so passionate that my message is not heard. So when I'm in a place that I can talk about it without being aggressive, then I will. So I'm gonna release I Love You Pete simply 
to get that one off my chest and give me time to be able to deal with what the world is going through. Hey, my chicks and cats out there. Thank you for tuning in. This one is near and dear to my heart, but I need to do this so I can move forward with my podcast. And this is a good tribute to my brother Pete. And I'm going to go ahead and do this one just so I can get it off my heart. I can't tell funny stories or reminisce about us growing up. I do have memories, but I don't have those fonding, lasting memories. So let me talk to you as if you're standing here with me and I can finally tell you how I truly feel. Pete, Peter Dude, Marcus, Tremel Jones. What I remember is being in the car with mom and looking up in the window and seeing you crying. And I'm confused why you can't be in the car with me. I know you're my brother, but we're not being raised as brother and sister. So I'm always confused about who you are and what you mean to me. I know I love you. I'm supposed to love you. I'm trying to love you, but I'm confused because if you was my brother, why aren't you with me when I'm with granny or when I'm with mom? Why do you get to stay with daddy? Why can't I stay with daddy? But then I go back to granny and you got mom and dad to yourself. Why? I'm hurt. I'm Perplexed. I don't understand why you get to have them and I only get to see them on Christmas and summers. So I feel you got it made. So what I do is I forget you and I forget dad and I can't forget mom because she comes sometimes to see me. She calls me sometimes. She spends time with me sometimes. So it's hard to forget her because she's active, but I bury you because I'm confused and I'm hurt. As a kid, I don't know why you get to stay and I always have to go. Of course, I later find out that you had the same problems and the same confusion and the same misunderstandings. I remember our dad used to bring you to my grandmother's house and I was reintroduced to you. Yes, I say reintroduced to you because like I said, I had to forget you because I don't know how to handle pain. So I bury pain and I forget things that hurt me. You hurt me, none of your doing, but your the lack of your presence in my life hurts. And as I relive it, and I remember it, it hurts. So I make sure I forget you. No fault of yours or mine. It's what we had to do. But I later find 
what I used to motivate me in forgetting you and what pushed me through life so I didn't hurt, you did the complete opposite and you remembered me and you loved me from a distance. Boy, how will my life be different if I had you to love me during my troubled times? Yeah, it hurts. And yeah, this podcast is crazy, but I must say it and I must relive it and I must get through it for our kids. These words have never been spoken and I'm giving it to my podcast so you can understand the depths of what you do to your children when you don't be effective in their life. When you don't give them everything that they need. And I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about love, trust, loyalty, understanding, and all else. Someone that they can look at and know that no matter what goes on outside the world, they can come home. And everything will be alright. The world out there is crazy. And we need to find peace for our kids. And if our kids can't come home and find peace, then what do we show them? What do they, what foundation do they have? Back to my Pete. I remember being, I had to be anywhere from 8, 9, 10. Granny threw me a party. I've had all these cousins that I'm growing up with, but I'm not growing up with you. So when you come to this party with our dad, you're begging me to be your sister. You're pleading with me in your eyes to be your sister, but I can't let you in because when you walk out that door, I'm alone. I don't have a brother. And let's be honest with it. When you walked out that door, That was the last time that I laid eyes on my brother. You to think back that that was the last time I laid eyes on my brother in the flesh. When we got older, we found each other again. We established this unbreakable bond. But it was always through letters because you were incarcerated. It was through phone calls because you stayed in Michigan and I stayed in Illinois. And I get it. We built something that the world wouldn't allow us to build. You've never seen your niece. You, you've talked to her. You've been a strong part of her life. I was able to me, my nieces, after your death, no, at this point, no, it's not our family's fault or problem or they didn't keep us apart after we got old enough. It was us. You were caught up in your life and I was caught up in my life. And I get it and I understand it and I respect it. But I do love the times that we did share, the conversations that we did have. I have those memories. I am not filled with regret. I'm filled with love. Because when I attended 
your funeral. Right? Let me back up. Let me not get to that point yet. Let me back up. You used to call me. <laughs> and whoever you was arguing with at the time, you used to say, this my MF and sister on the phone. I guarantee you right now. Of course, you're drunk. Uh, she'll get on the plane and come with ball your ass. And to appease you, damn right. I'll jump on the plane because I knew in the morning that you would be sober and you'd be fine. And it wasn't that serious. You were just talking at the time. And I miss those calls where I used to sigh. Oh, here he go calling me this late at night. I would love for those calls. I remember waking up and I had a whole bunch of Michigan calls. I'm like, man, what's going on? When they told me, you have been killed at your own home a few days after your birthday. This was devastating to me. I felt like my entire life has sucked out of my body. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I, from that day forward, walked in the fog. I looked at things different. I heard things different. I I just was different. And one thing I do remember the uh, girl I with, I think I was with Girl B, if you remember that story at the time. And I remember her saying on the phone with somebody, I was fine till I was woke up by all this screaming and howling. Forever changed our relationship. Um, it snapped me back and I had to become calm, cool, and collective. And I had to bury that pain because I had to get to Michigan. And at the time, my mom is incarcerated and I have minimal contact with my dad. And I have all these cousins reaching out to me and I have my maternal family that I got to tell and I got to get from North Carolina to Michigan and I got to get to North Carolina to Illinois to try to figure out how I'm going to tell my mom that her only son is dead and your wish that you would have your kids again when you walk out them doors was one of the most devastating things in my life because what that meant to me and it sounds selfish. That I was going to have to deal with the shenanigans of my mother and father by myself. How dare you leave me, Pete? How dare you leave your daughters? They need you. We know how it is not to have our parents. How dare you? So as time changed, as time went on, we make the trip, we, I get a tattoo this, the very next day, honoring him. We do all the planning, we get to Illinois. My maternal family takes me to tell my mom, she's like me. She won't show her true emotion. She tried to block it. She tried to hide it because we can't cry in front of people. 
we can't show people that we're vulnerable. Crying is weak. How dare you cry? You cannot cry in front of people. You have to show these people, especially my maternal family, that you are not weak. You are strong. So you have to make sure they don't see you cry. But when you don't cry, it makes you look insistent to you and that you don't care. But we are in a war with our emotions, with our feelings, and just pure, unexplainable hurts. We leave her. Hardest thing in my life to do is to leave her because I know that when she gets back to her cell, she is going to be broken, destroyed because she feels she's failed. She feels that she wasn't there for him. And being a mom myself, I can understand those feelings, but I won't talk about her feelings. I'm going to stay focused on me and Pete. As we travel to Michigan to stay with a cousin friend of mine who've always welcomed me, I'm lost because I haven't seen these people since I was damn near nine years old. And I'm in my 30s. So I walk differently. I talk differently because I don't know them to expose my true self to people I don't know. So that moment, I can't really, I'm not there to get to know you. I'm not there to reminisce. I'm not there to try to figure out how to build a bond. Wish I was, but I wasn't. At the same time that I'm trying to figure out how to bury my brother and make it through this time, girl B decides that she wants to question me about cheating on her. Not once, not twice, the whole time. And this becomes a problem in our relationship. But I can't focus on her. I'm trying to be Nikki who fix everything. So I'm taking my new nieces shopping. I'm trying to make sure his wife, baby mama, wifey is okay. I'm trying to make sure everybody's good before I fix my own heart. It's unbelievable the amount of emotions that I went through. I could not I couldn't bring the courage to go to the funeral home. Yes, I was a coward. I internalized pain. That's what I do. I decided to do everything but go see him. I went, seen my paternal grandmother. The first time I seen her probably in 30 years. And I remember looking in her face and she looked at me and I seen the regret in her eyes because I look like you. I do. No matter how much I don't want to admit it, I do. No matter how much I don't accept it, I do. 
And I think you realized it at that moment too. So all them years that I stayed distance and all those years that we could have built a beautiful bond, we didn't. Back to Peter do. I reflect back when my dad's sister died of cancer and Peter do begged me to come. But I was a coward. I couldn't come, I hate funerals. I couldn't come see her in that casket and be there for you because everybody was strangers but her and you. And I didn't know how to deal with that because I didn't know how I was supposed to act. I didn't want to do all that traveling with just my, my daughter and I to be around a bunch of strangers to say goodbye. I just didn't know how to grasp that. I just didn't want to deal with it. So I talked to you on the phone. I talked you through it and you were okay. You understood. Back to the day. When I saw you in that casket, I made a vow to always be there for your children and let our girls know that they are loved and always will be. Seeing you there did two things for me. It destroyed me. And I latched on to things that I shouldn't have latched on. I should have just dealt with you, my brother. I should have just mourned you, my brother. And through your death, I should have loved you even harder. But then as I watched all these thugs, I'm calling thugs, that's what y'all are, accepted, I accepted, I liked it in you. Cry. Right? Because I'm from Illinois. Shy town, suburbs, all them. They don't cry. Thugs don't cry. That's what I was raised on. That's what I seen. Thugs don't cry. But these men, these grown men cried for you. You had cars and cars and cars and cars of people who loved you. And the testimonies that they gave you, my brother, was beautiful. And it made me realize, please. Together, we were too powerful for this world. So we had to be in two different spaces. You touched so many people, good, bad, or indifferent. You left your mark in Michigan. And I like to say, from the people that I've touched, good, bad, or indifferent, I've left my mark. So maybe, Pete, what the pastor said, the people who had us may not have been ordained to raise us. Because good, bad, or indifferent, you were great, my brother. You had a heart of gold from what I hear. And I've heard the same for me. So for that, I will always love you. I regret nothing. And neither will our kids. You should have just listened to my heartfelt conversation description of 
my brother. I will always love you, Pete, and I will always make sure your memory stays alive, and I will always be there for your kids. Just remember, you were loved. Your life mattered. Black lives matter. Brown lives matter. We want equality. That's all. I will stand for you. I will stand for them. Remember, you can always reach me on any of my platforms. X, believe me or not. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. There is a book out there called Starting With Us. It shows how black love is powerful. Check it out.